Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Coming up after 10.15, we have a split panel for you, and we'll go live on Facebook. We're going to discuss opposite-sex friendships and living apart but together. Could that ever work in some of your thoughts as well? But first... Let's take a look at the inbox. Make a connection anytime at 514-800. Or you can email me to laurie at drlaurie.com. Got a couple by email today that I want to share with you. Uh, hello, I listened to your helpful an informative show on CJD Live or on podcast, I have a question that perhaps you may be able to answer and that might help some others in the same situation. The younger brother of a male friend lives at home, is 17, is a very good student, is in CJEP. He will go to university next year. Problem is that he is gay and deeply closeted. Both of his parents are deeply homophobic and do not believe in gay rights and believe in very traditional gender roles. His father believes it is okay this is scary, to hang or kill members of the LGBTQ community because they are sent by the devil. Holy crap. My friend's younger brother has a boyfriend whom, whom he meets secretly outside, but he is not open about his sexuality even at school. He does not face bullying and is very much at ease with his sexuality. However, he knows if he came out to his parents or if his parents found out that he was gay, he would be kicked out of the house, disowned, disinherited, and even maybe threatened. His parents would definitely not pay for his university tuition if he was gay. What should he do? One, wait until he has finished university and is in the workforce before telling them he is gay. Or two, tell them right now and be kicked out of the house. Or three, lie his whole life to them about his sexual orientation, hoping they would not find out. Those parents are very conservative and force his sister into a marriage as soon as she graduated university. Counseling may not likely change the minds of Archie uh, Archie. Con- conservative people like them. There are many LGBTQ homeless youth because of parents like these. He would not become homeless if his parents kicked him out. He would rent an apartment with his boyfriend at some time, but he would still be very depressed at being disowned and disinherited by people who loved loved him before. Hope there's someone like you who can give uh, pragmatic advice. This is a it's a it's very it's heavy duty when um, you grow up in a in that kind of household and you turn out to uh, to be gay, which you don't choose to be. So uh, you know there's there's that element in terms of uh, see if if he's in any threat at all, then. Um, I would say, why would he tell his parents who might threaten his life or his livelihood or something? I'm not sure that's the best idea to go. As much as I think, uh, yes, uh, you know, coming out and living your best life and, and, and living your true self and et cetera is... Uh, it's good for you, but it's not always so good for you. Like when you look at situations like this, maybe when he's a bit older, has his own means of support, um, and and doesn't need his parents so much, might be a better time. I don't know if anybody's listening and wants to give a little bit of advice. Maybe they've been through it, as you know, I have not. So uh, I can only tell you just my thoughts on this and talking in a very kind of general way because. Of course, I don't know this individual, and I don't actually know the parents, so I don't know anything really about them. But um, just if I'm I'm speaking generally, I would I would say he needs to protect himself uh, first and and foremost. I don't know if his whole life uh, staying in the closet is the best necessarily the best way to go. But I've known 
I've known a few men, actually, who have waited till they were well into their 30s to disclose to uh, two parents. Um, and then it was like, well, you do with it what you want, but I'm not going to change me. And, and they were okay to be disinherited, let's say, or, or what have you, if that was the case. Although very few cases have I seen, especially in adult people who finally do come out to their parents, that their parents completely uh, reject them. They'll certainly have a, a hard time with it, but, and I, I would hope these parents do go for some kind of uh, counseling or, or group, um, you know, there are groups, for like support groups for parents of uh, of gay kids and things like that. But it's, uh, it's a scary thought that this child um, is living in that kind of oppressive, repressive environment. But as you say, he seems to be good with himself, with his sexuality. He doesn't feel guilt, so he keeps it in, he keeps it in the closet and he, he, and he continues on with his life. So he still has a boyfriend. He's still engaging in what he wants to do. Like he's not stopping that from, uh, from, you know, from doing what he, uh, believes in and what he, uh, wants to do. If anybody else has thoughts on this, I'd love your, uh, your input at 514-800. Uh, good evening, Dr. Lori. My marriage has been on the rocks for about three years now. For whatever reason, we are still together. We don't fight or argue, but it seems we are just coexisting. Sex is nothing more than mutual pleasure, and that only lasts 20 minutes. I've not looked elsewhere for the attention I want, and he has told me he has not either. Do you think a three-month separation, no contact, will help? It was suggested by a mutual friend who claimed it worked for her. And then, has the Passion Poet disappeared? I love the poems, and your show is fantastic. Thank you. No, the Passion Poet is still around. <laughs> Don't always get a chance to read the poems, but still around. Uh, okay, so let, let's talk about this for a minute. I don't believe, personally, that a three-month separation uh, with just like this, with no contact, what's the goal? How are you going to fix what's wrong? Like, just that in and of itself is not enough. If you decide... You can make that decision once you go into counseling together. Figure out what the issues are. Figure out what is the goal of this separation. What's the objective exactly to make you miss him? If you just coexist in the first place, you may not miss this partner and you may decide that uh, the grass is greener elsewhere and then you won't fix what's wrong. So m my approach would be like go to a therapist, a third party, Put out on the table everything that is wrong with the relationship, all your frustrations, his frustrations. Figure out what needs to be fixed for you to feel closer. Try to rebuild the intimacy. See what's left in this marriage. Uh, and, then, um, and then we go from there. The times when I suggest uh, separation towards reconciliation, which I think is what you're talking about, are really times when there's so much conflict that you can't you can't do anything because it's so volatile in the home and they can't seem to get through a day without argument. And some people just need a little bit of space from all of that. So, um, but when it is a separation with reconciliation as the objective, then I always recommend, okay, during that separation, you go out on dates, like a weekly date. You go to therapy once a week as well. You meet there so you can talk about the issues so we can start rebuilding the relationship rather than just throwing it out there and saying, okay, let's just separate for three months and we'll see. But it's unlikely 
to bring you closer together if you don't work towards getting closer together. Uh, Texter writes in, likely a, a deeply religious family, talking about the, the, the child, the 17-year-old who's gay and has very homophobic parents. Not uncommon. I suggest he keep it a secret. Doubt very much his life is in danger. Hope it all works out for him. I don't think his, maybe not his physical life is in danger, but certainly psychologically and the, I don't know, may, would his parents be very critical, insulting, um, force him into conversion therapy like to me those are all forms of uh of abuse if you ask me uh coming up we have a split panel for you uh tonight we have uh two guys we all ages are represented by the way two women two guys 30s 20s 50s 40s uh, all represented we're going to talk about opposite sex friendships so whether um, especially if you're in, obviously it affects you if you're in a relationship. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about being couple-ish. This new trend, I don't know how new it is, but nonetheless being talked about now, where couples who are serious about each other, but still they continue to date, but they live apart. So they're together, but they live apart. And I've seen this work in many instances, but I just want to know what your thoughts on there. So give us a call at, uh, or give us a text at 514-800. We're also going to go live on Facebook. So you can go to my page, Dr. Lori Batito, and uh, watch, interact with us uh, while we're on the air. safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAB 800's Dr. Lori Batito. So excited tonight. We have a split panel happening on passion, which means usually, you know, we have the guys and the women tonight. Just so happens we have a split. Two women, two men. And the women are represented by myself. Lori Batito. Uh, I'm in my uh, married in my 50s, towards the 60s, but nonetheless. Uh, then we have Paris, Paris Mansouri, who's in her 30s, divorced. You know her very well because she's part of Passion, she's part of our team here. Uh, we also have uh, Michel Eid, who's an actor and a, an entrepreneur, co founder of Signe, and he's 25 and single. And Bhaskar Goswami, who is a master yoga teacher, speaker, and he is 45 and also a parent, married, and a parent of uh, three kids. Welcome. So good to be here, Laurie. I should say welcome back because you've all been on the panel before and Thank you so in much. various ways. So one of the first topics uh, that we're going to talk about, and by the way, uh, for those uh, folks who like to watch us as well at the same time, you can go to my Facebook page, uh, the Dr. Lori Batito, B-E-T-I-T-O is how it's spelled, uh, and we are live there, and then you can interact with us in between segments, find out more about uh, our, our panelists, and Paris interviews everybody, and blah, blah, so you know the drill, uh, you can join us there. So... First topic, I talked about this uh, last week and I said, you know what, this would be fun to get it uh, from a panel and from a guy's perspective as well. When are opposite sex friends a threat to your relationship? And there was an interesting study that showed that 64% of men and 44% of women reported that their cross-sex friends became their sexual partners at wow. one point. <laughs> so... 
Let me ask the married guy first. Um, first of all, do you have female friends? I'm a yoga teacher. <laughs> so that means you have a lot of female friends. 90% or so are female, yeah. Right. That's, that's quite true. You're surrounded by women all the time. But how yeah. many of them become actual close friends? Many, actually. Yeah. Okay. I have a lot of very close female friends. So how does your wife handle it? Or when do you see that it could become a problem? Or what if she had a problem with it? What would it be? Uh, I, you know, in my experience, platonic friendships are very, very possible. And, uh, you know, I've had amazing friends uh, who, you know, by all accounts are very attractive in every way. And I, I, I just see a friend, you know, it's, uh, I think it comes down to uh, a, a deep sense of commitment and trust that you already have with your life partner. Right. Once you're committed, it's everybody else is really like a friend and the gender, age, culture, whatever, doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah. Uh, like I have to agree with you as a woman who has a lot of male friends. Also, I do have quite a few uh, male friends and my husband has never had an issue with it, nor have I ever had an issue with him having any uh, close female friends. But of course, nothing that I do or nothing that he does, I think anyway, would cross a line that would make maybe him uncomfortable. And if it did, it would be a behavior I would stop, mm. right? Simply because I don't want to make my partner feel uncomfortable. So I think that it's more damaging. Of course, it's more, it hurts a relationship more when you have a partner who would not be comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. What about you, Michelle? Has you ever, have you ever been in a situation where a partner has been like jealous of the friends? Yeah. And it was for me tricky because they were jealous of a girlfriend I had, which is, I mean, I'm not into, <laughs> into girls. So I was like, that was tricky. But what I learned from that experience is that it doesn't need to always be about um, jealousy of sexual mm -hmm. of a sexual nature sometimes okay. it's just you might look at your partner and see the way they smile when they talk to one of their friends or the way that they they're glowing when they come home mm. from like a really fun night out with their friend and get jealous that wow like are you happier with your friends than with me mm, that's mm. a good point what, rather than right. just like how come you talk to your friend that way and not with me that way, for exactly. example? Yeah. Or why are you showing your friend more affection than you're showing me? But that would indicate to me a problem in that primary relationship. Paris, what about you? Have you ever had that issue? I feel in the relationships where, as Basco was saying, where there's that innate trust and the relationship is just there's that core understanding. And we've all had those relationships where you just feel that connection with the person differently than your I mean let's say you've had three or four relationships you've had different levels of trust with each person and I'm sure all of us if we go back even if the relationship didn't work out there have been occasions where you're like we really connected on a different level with that person and I feel like in those circumstances these never became an issue or a factor and if something was of question there was always an ease of conversation around it and right. an acceptance and an openness from the other person. But yeah, I've had friends that I've had since I was 12 or 13 years old. We grew up like siblings. They would hang out at, at my house, house growing right. up who've had relationship with my parents even without me being there. And for anyone to look at them and think that there could be anything other than a, than a sibling kind of relationship is uh, it's happened, mm -hmm. but the relationships haven't lasted. Right. Because there's no, there's, there's nothing. So I mean, if you don't, number happen. one, if you don't trust me, that's one issue. But number two, if you can't trust or see with your own eyes, a relationship that I have with this person who could be a brother to you, 
that's the role that they play. They're just right. not my biological brother, but they could be an unbiological brother. But you could be affectionate you. with friends too. Like I, uh, like I'm an, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a touchy feely kind mm. of person. So I'm affectionate with my guy friends and my girlfriends. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that, but my husband has seen me do this forever. Right. Mm. From knowing full well that these are friends, they're friends that already have partners. Like it doesn't matter. Like all, all these things. So I don't know, like, or maybe just my partner's secure about it. So and and the, like you say, the trust is there. Was it so. like that from the beginning? You've been married yeah. a while. We've been yeah. married a long time, and mm-hmm. yeah, what well, it's been like that from the very beginning. In fact, it was a one of his good friends that uh, was a woman that introduced us. So, of course, yeah. he's not friends with her anymore. But that's for other reasons. But but nonetheless, <laughs> it wasn't beca- it wasn't because of me, <laughs> right? But was she being inappropriate? No, it just turned out. I think she had feelings for him <laughs> and and he got kind of got wind of that, that and it was happen. like, nah, I'm not, mm, I'm keeping away, you know? Yeah. So he did the appropriate thing. So that would be an appropriate reaction. So then the, the question comes to you, Dr. Lori, what if you had gotten wind of this and your husband would have been like, oh, don't worry about it. It's a phase. It'll pass. Well, if, he, but I try, it's not, it's not her, like it's not about her. It's about him and his behaviors, right? So even if, you know, my husband has often said to me, you know, you know, your guy friends, you know, that if they had the opportunity, they, you know, you gave them the opportunity, they would sleep with you, right? (laughs) You'd be joking, right? I said, no, don't be silly. Like, they're just friends, you know. He goes, honey, you're you're dreaming. And, And, but he'd be okay with that because he trusts me and my behavior. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, to, it, it does. it's about trusting me. If somebody, I don't know, throws themselves on me, it's about me pushing them away. It's not about. So yeah. he has to trust me to do that. Well, no, you can't just be in a relationship where if somebody wants to sleep with you, you can't be friends with them. Because at the end of the day, I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're the type of person that everybody wants to sleep ah! with? You're supposed to have no friends and just date this one insecure person. Insight into your life, there, Michael. <laughs> yeah, is this a is this a no, no, no. As I'm an just actor. saying, he's an actor. No, it was not that. about me. I am, <laughs> I am simply like I'm referring to someone like I don't know if you look at like a top model for example. You don't even have to be a top model, but if you look at like a big top model, right. is she? supposed to date someone and not speak to any guy because realistically they all want to sleep with her because she's like right or they or they may fantasize about her they may whatever whatever right it's like Mm. yeah but that's not on her that's right it's not on her listen i i agree with that this is our split panel tonight uh we have uh paris mansori we have uh, who's in her 30s we have michelle Eid, who's is 25 single baskar goswami who is in his 40s and me who is am in uh, my 50s now i don't know if you heard earlier but i was um answering a question and maybe this is something it's a little off what we're going to talk about but it's something that is uh, really important. Somebody wrote in about a 17-year-old who's who he's gay. He's 17, he's gay, but he's completely in the closet with his family. He has a boyfriend and he lives his sexuality just fine. But the parents are hugely, I guess, religious and have set, said extremely homophobic things. And so he doesn't feel that he can come out. And then this person responded, I want to share it, but I also want to get your feedback on it, especially as a parent uh, uh, as well. The gay teen situation has me in tears. That was me when I was 14, knowing five years prior I was different. When mom fo- found my uh, porn stash when I was 16, she threatened to kick me out if I did not seek divine intervention. It was hard to stand my ground, but eventually convinced her I changed when in fact I did not. 
one ounce. I just played the part until I stood on Mount Royal with a bottle of champagne that the new millennium belonged to me, nobody else. Eventually, she met my friends as well, found out her friends had gay children as well. Her close cousin was gay. She finally came around. Now we are very close. So that's encouraging mm-hmm. to me that, uh, you know, and, and that has been my experience too in working with families and parents and, and, and gay individuals that the parents do come around. But I think the person who was writing in was like, what does this person do? Do you come out of the closet regardless of what your parents are going to say? Or do you wait? You know, do you push it away until you feel safer, I guess, to come out in, in within your family? So I just mm-hmm. wanted to get some of your thoughts on that. Who wants to go? I mean, emotionally, Michelle? like everybody has to, you know, have their own journey. But I only have really practical advice for this 17 year old, which is like save up money and make sure that you can take care of yourself and be independent so that you don't have to be in fear of what your parents may or may not do. You never want to feel like whatever you do have or the life you do have can be taken away from you. You want to the trap, like feeling trapped. You don't want to, it's it's not, that's a really bad feeling and it doesn't matter how old you are. um, Your parents can make you feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And on my side, being a parent, my 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 I guess my my recommendation to the parents is, you know, if you make if you want to make your children free, make them free of you, make them free of your expectations and projections. Mm. And uh, you know, I see myself as like a gardener. You know, I have these three seeds, and uh, my 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 role is to make sure the soil is fertile, they get plenty of sun and water. But the seeds will be what they will be, you know. That's I can't right. force a rose to be a sunflower or a or a mango tree. So it's just That's my right. job for the rose to be the best rose it can be. I so love to that. really support what's there and not try to change it to what Ooh, you are. You're giving me the chills. That that's that's beautifully, beautifully said and I and I think I wish every parent could feel exactly that way. Totally uh, agree. Coming up we're gonna talk about living alone yet in a serious relationship. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Could a serious relationship work if you never, ever live together? So living alone, but with a partner called being couple-ish, I guess. It's a rising phenomenon. Uh, apparently, according to this new research. And I want to discuss this with the split panel tonight. We have Paris Mansouri, who represents the 30-something. We have uh, Michel Eade, who is an actor and uh, entrepreneur, and he is uh, represents the 20-something. Bhaskar Goswami is a master yoga teacher, author, speaker, etc., etc. Does lots of stuff. You can look him up. Uh, who is uh, also a parent, like me, and represents the 40s and me who represents the 50s so we it's the first time i think we've we've got every age kind of uh, represented here we're also live on facebook so you can interact with us send in your comments uh, paris can read your comments on the air as well uh, just go to my page dr Lori batito so just a couple of texts here before the passion poet weighs in says uh, tonight is a split panel two guys and two girls two rough stones two beautiful pearls <laughs> having an opposite sex friend may bring up suspicion your other significant other may want some conditions. It is a matter of trust.
exist, but we all have emotions. One way, one may become attached and put things into motion. Just being acquaintances is best. Your best friend is at home. Same-sex friends is okay, and you'll never be alone. Except same-sex friends, the same thing can happen in a same-sex relationship too. Of course. So mm-hmm. it's uh, and I, mean, I know we're being a little heterosexist in talking about this, but nonetheless, it can happen in other relationships. So, can a serious relationship work if you never live together? Who wants to go? Well, uh, you know, I I do a lot of privates, and I and I have clients that actually have that setup where you know. Uh, one person is living in one floor, and the other person is living in an, the floor right above. Okay. So they're living separately, yet they're always they get together when they want to. Right. And I I can say from experience, it really can work. Right. You know, uh, and, and it could be a disaster as well, just like a regular <laughs> relationship can be I a guess disaster. So. so. Although if it works for both people, mm-hmm. if both people are okay with it, then it can be a beautiful thing. Like, why does it have to be problematic, right? I knew right. I know a couple who are in the same apartment building, one across from the other. Mm-hmm. They love having their space. Mm. They just, you know, they, they they have dinner together every night. You come to my house, I'll come to your house. You can sleep over, I can sleep over. Or, or we, we do, you know, we have fun and then you go to bed in your room, in your apartment, and I go to bed in my apartment, you know. Mm. Uh, I know another situation where it's a, like a second, you know, after divorce, so you've got kids and everything, and it's just not feasible, even though the relationship is serious, there, one is in one part of the island, another one in the other part of the island, and the other parents are also, you know, the the other biological parents. So it would be too disruptive for the children. So they put the children first, do what's right for the children, and then say, well, you know, maybe ten years down the road, maybe we can live in the same household, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Uh, and that that seems to work. Paris, what do you think? I think it depends on the kind of relationship you have with that individual there's been partners where I want them to have their own bathroom I don't want it when we travel I don't want to put their stuff in my suitcase like I just want us to pack two separate suitcases I traveled with Paris she doesn't even want to share room with me and but again it's nothing with Dr. Lori it's just that's just how I am it takes next level connection for me to want to have my stuff and my life intermingled with that person but next level connection but i'm talking about next level connection it's not just not not necessarily living in the same in the same place i think at this stage in my life like if i was if i was single at this stage in my life then I think I might I might be okay with that, you know. I I want I like my space. I like my things. I don't know if I would want to merge again. I don't know. Merging is huge. And it mm-hmm. it takes at this point when life is so good and I have so many options to want to make a sacrifice or make a compromise, it would definitely be something next level. Hmm. What do you think? I think Michelle? a lot of people settle and I just Settling and compromising and all of that is absolutely so, necessary. Sorry, compromising is absolutely necessary for your for life, for your partner, for, for just the health of everything. You don't want to always get your way and y- your partner can't always get their way. And actually meeting in the middle and having those conversations is beautiful. I think it helps build a relationship, you know, but the concept of settling where you always in the back of your mind are like, I gave up so much for you. What you mean like your own space? Yeah. 
it's or just gave up so much and you don't but feel like a choice you make you know when you merge with mm. somebody or when you when you decide that you're going to get married or you decide that you're but going to live together you, you have to compromise right where, but sometimes you do it and it feels amazing and other times you do it and you're like I don't feel like it's being reciprocated. No, then maybe the it's is, the wrong relationship. And also, why are you doing it? You know, is it because right. that's what could be, should be programming you as a kid? Or right. is it a conscious oh, right. decision? I never had that. Mm-hmm. I, ne- I was never, I was raised by Middle Eastern parents who never believed in that their Living daughter together. had to go from their house to their husband's house. Um, it was always, you're going to get an education, you're going to earn your living, no man is ever going to support you, you are going to be self-sufficient, and when you find someone to share your life with, then we do that and we support you. But the day I got married, my dad told me, never be afraid of the word divorce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, right, the writing was in the... Yeah, uh, my parents didn't approve, but they were never the kind to like say, I will not come to your wedding. It's it's right. it's like, we love you, we're going to be here, we're going to support you throughout, but we're not... We're and supporting they... your decision because you're our daughter, but we're going to be here the day that you decide to leave right <laughs> all the way hoping that you would <laughs> they threw a party the day <laughs> then you got a divorce party out of it look at that multiple right uh texter writes in i'm in a four-year couple-ish relationship with my u.s-based girlfriend she's currently skiing in Vail with two guy friends get me on the panel next time yes uh 100 trust is key your gut is the only thing that you should follow i would never cage a partner from friends and expect the same trust in return living with this type of mutual respect for each other is extremely liberating mm-hmm. it works mm-hmm. we are talking mm-hmm. long-term friends now not new tinder dates or anything yeah that's a good point not you know you're not you just didn't meet somebody on the street or or because you're on a dating app like, i think that it's would normal be, when you're in a relationship you know? when your partner makes friends with someone that, with the same sex to be like how'd you guys meet and like kind of figure out what prompted the friendship mm-hmm. and i do get why certain friendships like oh well we it's my coworker mm-hmm. versus Oh well, you know, we ran into each other at the grocery store, and, and we, we just struck, struck up a conversation. Up a friendship, and you're right. like, what? that's kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, why? I, I don't know. I'm... Except in your line of work, right? Because exactly. people come to yeah, your but that's classes. Natural. I have a lot of you know, not long term, like short term friends who just you know just connect right away. There's there's a there's a friendship that develops just uh, from a conversation. But it's organic because you it's guys organic. work together. Yeah. But right. I I have to say that like if it's at a grocery store, it probably wasn't full like something is somebody... connecting you yeah i would never be friends with a guy that mm-hmm. s- just approaches me right. in a grocery store hey how do you how do you what do you do with these avocados you know i'm like oh here's my number why don't you call me and we'll someone's be probably flirting of like course. someone must like probably like let's be real here yeah. like we're you know yeah. yeah of course but if it's somebody you meet in the context of your your work as many of us do whatever that is whether it's work that you're doing well any kind of work right mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really matter that yeah that kind of makes sense that you're yeah. going to connect with people who feel the same way or who have something in common with you of course it's it's, a, it's an invisible felt thing you can feel when someone is flirting when, when, when and and you and if you're just giving off a friendship vibe you know there's a invisible conversation taking place there yeah you just what do you guys do when someone when, when someone when someone is talking to you cuz they're flirting they're with they're you flirting. you, you do smile do? and you just you know just don't give much more like what if you're like deep in like let's say it's been like two months and you're in like a friendship for two months and then they start flirting what do you do well not then you set your boundaries like boundaries are very very important right so you've got to set your boundaries and you know i'm married right like you know that this is never going to happen right like you you kind of have to be 
out there and tell them. Like, of course. Be straight with people. I agree. Even though it might question. be nice. Like, what makes you think it's okay to talk to me like that? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, like, where'd you get that? You, you don't see the wedding right. ring. You don't, you know, whatever it is. That's not what I'm interested in. I thought we were just friends, whatever it is. But you, you, boundaries are super important in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up, I want to share a couple more texts, but I want to ask you the question because we're seeing more and more of this Hollywood celebrating. Um, older women, older single women or divorced women exploring their sexualities without shame in like wonderful ways. There's been a few Netflix series and stuff where it's really out there. And I want to know how our listener thinks and how what uh, our split panel thinks about that as well. Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Our split panel tonight discussing all things from being couple-ish to opposite sex friendships to whatever uh, whatever comes up. This texter wrote in, uh, my grandparents who had a loving relationship for 53 years, the only time they were not together was sleep time as they required different environments. Um, Ma needed a cool bedroom. A cool bedroom. Pa needed ten layers of blankets to keep warm. That's another uh, side note to that living apart. You don't have to completely live apart, but it's so common now for people to have their own master bedrooms, which I get. I like my space, my own temperature. I like, there are certain things you don't want to compromise on, like temper, like temperature live. of a room. Yeah, for sure. That way they right. get separate bedrooms. But you know, I read a, a study that showed that a quarter of new homes, like new big homes being built, have two master suites, mm-hmm. are being built with two master suites now. So to me, that makes perfect sense. Come And, and then we meet, you know, come into my room tonight. Exactly. <laughs> like, I prefer the word optional master bedrooms as opposed to separate. <laughs> so you have an option yeah, to optional. go either way. Right. I prefer that because let's say you are in a kind of relationship where the trust isn't there 100% and you did have an argument and you're really hoping that your partner comes to bed and you can talk it out, but they opt to go in the other bedroom for one, two, three nights in a row, and then you just feel abandoned and alone in your own home. It's the worst But you wouldn't if you had your own suite every time, and you would go to bed in your own suite. You just have to, you just have to make dates to meet up in who's ever sweet for for playtime i think just a a higher level of emotional intelligent trust and connection is required for something like that totally yeah totally that's interesting i agree with her and and this is the opinion you were saying about um how it's optional is what i was going to say about living in separate homes as Mm -hmm. well i mean i would be totally i'd love that to be honest Mm -hmm. but (laughs) it would have to work on the condition that i'm not getting kicked out of your house if if this week i want to sleep over all week if I want right, to sleep over right, all week this right, week, yeah. you're not exactly, taking me out. Exactly, exactly. That would be like my condition, I guess. Exactly. That's true. This person says, the best years of my relationships were exactly that. I'm the kind of guy who loves my alone time. But in saying that, she had the key to my home and could come any time unannounced. I, uh, it, it can and does work. So it's not, like you said, Michelle, it's not about you know no you're not allowed to come over to my house because i'm stonewalling you or i'm i'm mad at you or whatever it is yes paris i need to be like vulnerable and admit if if i were with someone and they were like i really love you and i want to be with you but i don't want i don't want to move in with you and have a space with you i still want my own 
I would be tremendously hurt if we made the decision together to both buy separate things or just made a decision to kind of have our own space or let's say for whatever reason he wants a chalet up north and I don't like I love being up north but I'm just mm-hmm. giving it as an example and I'm like I don't want it and he's like great I'll just have my own getaway place that's fine but if if we're in the beginning of a relationship and they're saying right away that I don't want you moving into my space or I want to keep my own space but separate it's not, I, I don't wouldn't like that there's a difference between I don't want you mm-hmm. and I want my space mm-hmm. like to me those are two right. two different things it's not this is not about you because if it was you or somebody else or whoever else right. it would still be the same thing no it's it about, would bother me but that's then, but be that's like, compatibility because for me right, if I was if I started dating someone they said look I'm just gonna let you know from the get-go I don't want kids and I, I I'd really prefer if we just always had our own place I'd go I love you. (laughs) I'd be so happy. I'd be like, oh my God, it's written in the stars. So compatibility. There you go. There you go. To represent the other end of the spectrum, I, I love having one master bedroom and, you know, just cuddling up to my lady. I think it's awesome. I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. And what do you, what happens when you guys have a disagreement or there was nights where you're actually angry or upset? You know, I think it's a very important thing uh, that I'm working on personally is to, to not end the night angry and upset mm-hmm. yeah you, know, you can't to, you don't sleep when that yeah, happens and you have kind of kids you have kids how do you how is there time to make sure that that doesn't happen every night that, you know kids go to bed you can no have no I understand <laughs> I, mean, I mean there's the time that elapses and how fast the pace of our lives are and your children are of different ages and you have different responsibilities and rules in the house and maybe there's not always time to say hey what you did this morning or what you said this morning or yesterday really bothered me like how do you yeah, that's a very good question, you know, um, because sometimes miscommunications happen and things jam up and you're not fully internally ready exactly. for that. Exactly. And, and you just express you that honesty that, I, I, you know, I, I love you ready. and I'm, I'm kind of going through something right now. Let it kind of filter through and I'll, I'll be that's back. That's right. I agree with that. That's exactly a beautiful way to do it. It's like, I'm not ready. We will talk about it. So you don't stonewall. You don't tell, you don't just ignore. You say, look, I need to process this. I really, I can't talk right now. So we'll talk about it tomorrow or we'll talk about it the next day. I think this whole notion of never go to bed angry. I understand like you don't, the feeling is, it's a yucky feeling when Mm -hmm. you're up and you're thinking and all night and you're upset. But sometimes a partner needs the time, needs the night to wake up, it's a fresh new day, new perspective, mm. and sometimes you just need that to process. And I what think that's you, healthier. What would you say to the person? Because some people do need to figure it out and are hurt and will just go in their mind or have anxiety or panic attacks or just really worry about it. So let's say a listener is listening right now and they're like, but wait, Dr. Lori, like I sometimes really need to talk it out and I need that security how can that person without understand they're like you know what i understand you don't want to talk about it right now but i'm really hurt and i can't go to bed and i'm i need peace of mind well, like the, i'm that person i can't go person? i cannot but what if your partner said to you i love you uh-huh. i love you but I'm just not like I want to deal with this. I'm just not ready to right now. You can't force somebody. You you're can't. Gonna, you're force. gonna make it worse mm-hmm. by by following them around the house until you get your answer. Right. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be the best sleep. It'll be better than if it was a stone. Okay. Wall so there you go. No, you, what I'm stonewalling is terrible. No, what I'm saying is like what to tell that person to give him peace of mind because of course they're like I, don't I love you. Okay. I, I love you. I still love you. Mm-hmm. We can have an argument. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. We just I just need time to process and think about how I want to address this topic that we are arguing about. I don't know if this is true for you, Dr. Laurie, but once you spend some time with somebody, 
you can kind of feel it out and you can go oh it's one of those you know you don't need, you don't even need words yeah, right, sometimes. she's processing or I'm, you know she knows I'm processing so sometimes right. it's just a felt thing you give you 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 know how to, when to give each other the yeah. space yes yeah. if you've been with somebody long enough you mm -hmm. know exactly when they're mm -hmm. ruminating or processing or you know say okay you know what I'm not going to push it right now but we're going to come back to it and it works mm -hmm. if you do that respectfully right so but Knowing that your partner is insecure, yes, you can say, look, you just reassure them. I think if they just had reassurance to say, uh, you know, it, it's okay, everything's going to be fine, but I just need time to for us to discuss this. And, I'm like that with and my I friends, still love too. You. It's like when when someone's upset with me, I, I you can't handle it. it. It makes me so sad. I go to bed, I'm like, I'm horrible. <laughs> no, but you see, <laughs> you're taking so it bad. personally, I unfortunately, do. and this is part of the work you have to do internally. With yeah, with yourself. So each of us are responsible for ourselves too, and how we handle our emotions, and that we don't want to get to the point that's like Paris described, where you have panic no. and anxiety, and 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 then you're forcing the other person, or you're putting all of that onto the other person. You're not going to resolve it that way. That's yeah. the thing. So you have to deal with that on your own. Last question that I have. How do you feel? Has anybody seen Mrs. Fletcher on uh, on Netflix? Oh, my. No. You have to see that. It's a great series that I really enjoy. It's about a divorcee who reinvents herself sexually. And, like, it's her whole sexual awakening. And there's lots of scenes where uh, masturbation scenes and scenes with her uh, having sex again. And, like, where it's very positive. There's, there's no shame. And then there's a whole bunch of other. There's an indie film called Gloria Bell. I haven't seen it. But it's with uh, uh, Julianne Moore, also who's middle-aged. And, and so a lot of sex scenes now. So we're seeing older women which I'm so happy uh, that we're seeing older women portrayed in a in an erotic way, sexual way, without there being that that shame component to it. You know, so I'm just wondering. I don't know if you had any thoughts mm. on that last bit. I think there are so many stories to be told in the world, and I don't think we need to be confining ourselves to any type of age group or any type of any more. Um, what's the word? Like, I don't think we need to be classifying our mm. stories based on age, gender, uh, mm. sex, ethnicity. I think that is something that is so important in Hollywood. And the reason that I think it's a conversation for not just actors or people in the industry is because the majority of the world watches TV. I'm sorry. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think everyone. Um, and what we see absolutely, even if it's subconsciously, affects the way we view yeah. the world yeah. so if we if we only see people of a certain age having a hard time with sex because mm -hmm. that's that's the depiction that's been there forever which is that it's either over or it's weird or right it's, you right know, exactly exactly and yeah. if that's all kids see if that's how all middle-aged people see you don't you that mm. you kind of listen to it after and it's a while. not representative of what's going on in our world it's La not last yeah. words uh, you know one. uh being a yoga teacher I, I teach the entire spectrum in terms of age uh from you know little kids to to mature adults and i can tell there are people who are mature adults who are in much better shape than teenagers you mm. know they're much more <laughs> capable with their bodies much more connected with themselves and you know bravo to them you know for yeah. having this reawakening good and good that hollywood is following suit so um all right we've come to the end of the program michelle where can people find you on social media 
Michelle Eid, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-I-D, and that is my social handle on everything. Yay! And they can find your Signé Collection. SigneCollection.com. There's Wonderful. no, There's no accent. Accent. On. Okay, good. So I don't have to say it. No. All right. Uh, <laughs> Baskar Goswami, if people want to take your classes, they want to do your seminars, buy your book, where should people find you? Baskargoswami.com, and my handle is at Yogipreneur. Yogipreneur made up the you made up the whole thing right now you've got a whole bunch of yogipreneurs <laughs> behind you and of course Paris can it, be found uh, at parisology.com oh, and yes. in light of what you were just saying is that I do think that people of uh, you know over 40 are not being spoken of so I'm going to start featuring 40 over 40 successful people throughout this Yay! year beautiful and a baby boomer panel as well so we're excited about that uh, guys uh, this the rest of the week Kelly Alexander will be sitting in for me as I'm taking a vacation uh, but she's got some great shows lined up for you uh, so be good to her please be kind uh, and text her she'll enjoy that thank you very much to our producer Chris Aiken you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito coming up next the uh, CTV National News have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion